Welcome to Life Meet. I'm your host, Chris Gass, Rights Life Michigan's Education Coordinator. Joining us today are our Director of Communications slash Education, Anna Visser, and our Events and Outreach Coordinator, or Coordinator of Events and Outreach. Pick one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Emily Crawl. I get an and, not a slash, though. So. Oh, yeah. I never liked the slash. That was my time. That was weird. <laughs> it's all right. You should take the slash out. The and would be very long. That's a long title. That is long. It's a mouthful. Maybe yeah. you could just be the director. Anyway, today we're going to talk about something much more important than our phony baloney titles. Um, and that is, we're going to give you a recap of the oral arguments this week in that case that we have been talking about on this podcast over and over and over and over again. A thousand times. Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. And I didn't get the name wrong this time, Emily. Um, and we're going to start off by saying, no, we're not going to give you a prediction. Uh, beyond what we talked about last week, our own little personal, meaningless, private predictions. So, um, but you want to keep listening anyway, because uh, we're going to talk about uh, zombie fetuses, some dude named Cyril Means, um, uh, plenty of other things. So, who wants to? So, I, I think I'll just go first and say, in saying that, how the pro-life lawyer for the state of Mississippi, was answering questions, you know, directly. I thought he did a, a pretty good job, um, you know, addressing questions head on, especially when Justice Sonia Sotomayor was just rambling on and on and on. Um, and the two pro-abortion lawyers, one is the, uh, from a pro-abortion organization, was it the Center for Reproductive Health? I think so. Yeah. Uh, representing the abortion facility, which is Jackson Women's Health, organization. And then there was also the U.S. Solicitor General, the lawyer for the uh, executive branch that goes to the Supreme Court and argues cases from time to time. Um, so she was representing Joe Biden's position of abortion on demand through all nine months of pregnancy. And they just had a tough time answering they questions. Did. It was entertaining for me um, simply because w I spent so much time going through what, and we all do, looking at the arguments on the abortion side, how do we not only counteract these arguments, but prove that they're undeniably um, ridiculous in a, in a lot of stages. And all of the same talking points that have been used for the last 50 years, and that have now, people are saying, well, those talking points are kind of not working anymore. They don't apply. They don't take into account science, they don't take into account ethics, they don't take into account public opinion even. And just to see them buckle down and, and stay on those same regurgitated talking points over and over and over again, the justices will ask a question and it makes them uncomfortable, we're going to go back to our talking points. And so it was a little entertaining on that because it just shows that if you're not starting with the value of human life beginning at birth, or not beginning at birth, but beginning mm. at conception. Yeah, not birth, said that wrong. But if, you, if you're not saying a human being is a human being and deserves to be alive, then any line you draw is arbitrary and you can't really back that up because then the same argument that you use for a child in the womb can be applied to someone outside of the womb and it all just falls apart. Yeah, it seemed like they just kept saying you can't overturn this because of precedent. Like, that was the only argument that they kept offering. And it got proven wrong by Alito, by pretty much all of them. 
So, oh, but we should start. You were actually there, Anna, not yes. in the court listening, but you got to see all of the people that showed up, yes. most of whom were pro-life. I was outside on the steps of the Supreme Court. Um, they kind of had it divided, so half of the stairs were the pro-abortion people and the other half were the pro-life people. There were way more pro-life people than there were pro-abortion people, which was really nice to see. Um, some really big people there, um, lots of speakers, Abby Johnson was there, um, lots of just big names in the pro-life movement. It was cool to hear them speak. Um, the pro-abortion side was kind of just screaming the whole time into the microphone, different um, interesting phrases like abortion bans are racist and um, ageist, heard that one. <laughs> what? They're ageist and racist ha, and... What? Ha. <laughs> okay, sorry, continue. Yep, and none of their signs really made sense. And um, I thought it was interesting how, so on the pro-life side we had speakers and they were playing the arguments for everyone to hear and everyone quieted down because they wanted to hear the pro-abortion side. And they're, they were right next to each other. So the pro-abortion side didn't want to hear anything that they had to say in the court and they just kept continuing to scream. So it was actually really hard to hear. But I thought it was interesting that they didn't want to hear what was going on. You know, I would have at least thought they would want to hear their lawyers and I don't know. You want to hear Sonia Sotomayor drone on and on and uh -huh. on and on and on. All their talking points. Ageist. You know, abortion yes. is like the ultimate in ageism because you're saying everyone under a certain age is not even a human being. But anyway. Um, well, let's start out with, with zombie fetuses. So... The weirdest exchange um, was, so Sonia Sotom, as soon as the Mississippi uh, the state solicitor general uh, finished speaking his piece, you know, very short, justice asked questions, Sonia Sotomayor got right on when it was her turn and 10, was it almost 20 minutes? I don't know, it seemed like forever. She's basically just reading off a list of Planned Parenthood talking points. Wasn't a lot about the law there. And at one point, um, so the, the main argument was, well, we can't overturn this case because nothing has changed in 50 years since Roe versus Wade, even though, you know, Planned Parenthood versus Casey totally changed Roe. Anyway, we can't do anything. Nothing has changed. And so they're going back and forth about uh, fetal pain and fetal development. And at one point, Sonia Sotomayor said that it doesn't matter like how advanced a, fe a fetus is, is because uh, you know brain dead people can move, and so if a if a if a fetus is reacting to pain from an abortion, it doesn't mean they're alive any more than a you know a, a corpse twitching does. So, I mean, I thought that was a bad analogy. It was a little odd. For several reasons. Um, corpses don't react to pain because they're dead. She also didn't quite, and she said at one point, like, brain-dead people make miraculous recoveries. No. People in persistent vegetative states with very minimal levels of consciousness can make miraculous recoveries and wake up or regain some level of function. So apparently, Sonia Sotomayor does not understand 
the difference between those two, which is concerning, and then again, you know, corpses don't react to stimuli like that like consciously there's, because there's they're dead. Yeah, there's muscle spasms, but it's nothing like, oh, they're ticklish. No, that's creepy and weird. There aren't <laughs> zombies running around. And she pulled up some strange statistic. I'm not sure where she got it, but she said that 40% of brain dead individuals have reactions to stimuli. Did she say that? She said at some 40%. point when she, when she first went on that point, I started just like, I think I went off a little rant. I, mean, I was like, what did, are you talking about? She did actually say dead brain people. So I'm not sure if she was just referring to people with very, very low IQ in her, in her estimation. Like, I don't know how she quantifies that, but she's saying that an unborn child is basically not a human being. I'm not going to judge her morals and ethics, but I think it's a little suspect. I'm going to judge. Yeah, it's, You've been judged. Judge the judge. Judge the judge. Okay, but so she's saying that they're the same thing. Like she was equating them. Right. Yeah. But even a person that is brain dead is still a human being. Mm-hmm. Right. So a dead human being, but yeah, they're dead, still yeah. a human being. I don't. Apparently not. Apparently, the the dead are no longer human beings, and they react to pain just like babies. She might have just been watching episodes of The Walking Dead last, the night before. Or reading Planned Parenthood's Twitter stream a little too much. Or that. Instead of doing, instead of like looking at a legal book, she was going through there. Like, I'll say that. No, well, I'll say that. Well, and she, they were talking about when life begins. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know when life begins. And it. It's not your job to know right. when life like, begins. Like, you, maybe you shouldn't be deciding a case that involves life beginning beginning if you don't know yeah that seems like a pretty good reason to say i don't know let the professionals decide uh -huh. and they have decided that life begins at conception mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's funny well um anything else that sonia sotomayor said that we want to specifically address well she oh at one point i like she like she's like oh well it doesn't matter if it's not in the constitution like supreme court's in charge of that so Basically, she's like, I am the Constitution. Yes, yes. Little power trip there. I don't know if it was her or Kagan, but one of them said, it doesn't matter if it was decided wrong or right, it was still decided by the Supreme Court, so it doesn't matter. I think that was her. It might have been. Yeah, that might have been right before she said, basically, I am the Constitution. Yes, yeah. It might have been in the same thought stream. So, Kagan was a little quiet. She didn't speak nearly as much as... Sotomayor did, or as much as Breyer did, um, but it a lot of, and I think we can probably, I in my brain lump Breyer and, and Kagan in the same thought stream as where their questions were really saying, but precedent, but the Supreme Court mm -hmm. decided 30 years ago, but, but, but we can't change our decision, and um, other justices brought up really good points about other decisions, other Supreme Court precedent that has been overturned because they were obviously decided wrongly. Um, I think it was Justice, was it Justice Kavanaugh, I think is the one who brought up the Plessy versus Ferguson case. Um, and Plessy versus Ferguson is a Supreme Court case. It was what, 1875? It was a long time ago. It was 1890, I think it was 1897? It was before 1900. We'll put it that way. But it was the a Supreme Court. Ago. Yeah, it was the Supreme Court case that set up the whole 
idea of separate but equal. So that was a Supreme Court case that gave the entire South of the United States the ability and the justification to have segregation. And that case, arguably, not even arguably, certainly on the day it was decided was the wrong decision. It was a bad decision. And he, he brought up that case and said, look, the Supreme Court has decided wrongly in the past. It took about 50 years to overturn Plessy versus Ferguson, um, and hopefully we'll be overturning Roe versus Wade, but it's just Supreme Court justices are people, and they make mistakes, and overturning precedent can be a very good thing, and it is a good thing in cases like Plessy and in Roe versus Wade that were decided horribly and take away rights from people. They need to go. So yeah, Kavanaugh brought it up, and then Alito actually asked a great question of the U.S. Solicitor General. He asked her point blank, well, should the Supreme Court, I did look it up, it's 1896. 1896. So that his question, his question, why I remembered, he said, so it's 1897, a year after Plessy versus Ferguson, could the Supreme Court have overturned that obviously wrong decision? And the U.S. Solicitor General kind of like, uh, kind of like hemmed and no. hawed and like said like, well, no, and it was overturned later because he had more information. He's like, well, and he, and he, he at one point he was almost like, really? Did you like, really say that? The, like, and, Are you sure? Yeah, and this, this exchange lasted this about, right yeah, like two minutes. And you could see, like, you could sort of, like, hear the Solicitor General's wheels turning in her head like, wait, I can't really defend Plessy versus Perkinson. So she kind of said, oh, well, yeah, it should have been overturned, but for all these other reasons. Well, I think, I don't know if it was her trying to redeem herself or if it was the other lawyer, but one of them jumped in and said, you know, these cases are different from Roe versus Wade and from the Mississippi case because those cases gave a constitutional right to people. And so she's trying to say that they were... Oh, yeah, but yeah, but Roe versus, yeah, but this would be the only one where it takes them away. And that totally right. works if you pretend unborn children aren't human beings. You know, Dred Scott gave more rights mm -hmm. to slave owners, it you did. know, clearly. Mm -hmm. so, that was a horrible decision. You know, the Korematsu one about Japanese internment during World War II, that gave more rights to American citizens who weren't Japanese. You know, we're yeah. just going to pretend, we're just going to pretend the people we're oppressing don't exist. And then it's about more rights. Well, and you could even look at Roe versus Wade that way and say that the ability to kill another human being without legal repercussions gives more rights to certain to right. women we than it take, gives to men. We can't, yeah, we men can't. can't take the life of an unborn child and face no repercussions unless they're somewhere like New York where they took away unborn children from the, the death oh, of unborn yeah, children yeah, from yeah, the yeah, criminal yeah. code. But most states, a man cannot kill an unborn child and get away with it. So Roe versus Wade gave women more rights than men. Well, I think... Um, I feel oppressed. You are oppressed. Justice Thomas was trying to get to that when he kept bringing up child neglect. And he was like, what about all of these laws that you can't take or do cocaine and, and drink and not get in trouble for it and i don't remember what their response wasn't it like it was it was a words most of the responses were just an incomprehensible like, word well, salad I, you but can, liberty yeah we have to but they always kept on coming back to the viability line which was the issue in the specific issue in this case of can we prohibit abortion before the line of viability and it was very interesting to hear uh, especially the lawyer from the reproductive 
Hmm. Justice. The abortion facility. The abortion lawyer. facilities lawyer, arguing that the line of viability is a good line and that we should adhere to this. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, but your organization is advocating for unlimited abortion right. up to birth. So pick one. It's either <laughs> viability, then the state has an interest and we have to take on the, the unborn child's rights and balance that with the women's, or not. And so it was very interesting just to see the duplicity where before the Supreme Court, we're going to say like, oh, no, we're okay with the viability line. But everywhere else is we have to remove all restrictions. There was a... Sorry, go ahead. I was wondering if pro-abortion people were upset with her in that moment because I think Kavanaugh was like, well, what about the sec- the end of the second trimester at 29 weeks? Why? Is oh, yeah, it- that was Barrett. Barrett. Yeah, that- Justice Barrett was like, oh, yeah, yeah what about, yeah, why not that one? Yeah, and she was like, well, no, viability, 24 weeks, that's what we've done, that's what we want. And he was like, well, why not 29 weeks? And like- then Roberts comes in and says, well, 15 weeks is only seventeen week- or seven weeks away from your supposed line of viability. Doesn't that make the line of viability kind of arbitrary? It's not that big of a departure. And it really is that line of viability, like the abortion industry will say it's 24 weeks, but we now have almost, I think it's over a dozen children now who have been born at 21 weeks and are thriving. And so our, our youngest so far, his name is Curtis. He was born at 21 weeks one day. Um, and that line of when children, if given proper care, can survive outside of, outside of the womb and thrive is constantly getting smaller and smaller and we're moving away from that 24 weeks that's fake news emily the pro-abortion one of the pro-abortion lawyers said viability is at 24 weeks that's what it is because mm, they never lie nothing's changed yeah nothing is since 1973 one of the justices brought up how you know science improves and it's now earlier than that i don't remember what they said Weren't they like, no, it's still 24 weeks or... I, I don't know. They're, they ignored it, basically. It was, or this was a legal line. Even if science aligns with 21 weeks, this is our legal line or something like that. I, I kept wanting to scream into the the can, you know, the, the audio feed, which obviously doesn't work because that's not <laughs> how technology works. But just like, why are we all arguing about viability when abortion is totally legal for any reason after the point of viability in America? It's a good Why question. are we doing this? They're acting like the line of viability is actually The Mississippi a law standard. doesn't have like a health exception that allows it for every reason. So why, you know, it's like, well, and, and I'm glad because most, even it seemed like there were, I will say this, it seemed like there were six justices who were like, this viability thing is, is dumb. And I don't think any of the other justices, justices actually defended it. No. Even Sonia Sotomayor defended abortion based on abortion good. And then, yeah, Kagan was pretty quiet, but Breyer especially was like, it's a super precedent, you can't touch it. It's our reputation. Even if it's egregiously wrong, you can't touch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, w- one other factual thing I wanted to talk about um, was Alito, again, was grilling one of the lawyers and was like, so you like cited all this stuff about abortion history, and you're claiming <laughs> that abortion was just totally legal in America at the time of the founding and the Constitution. Um, can you explain one legal case that kind of proves your point? And the lawyer was like, ah, uh, I can't. And then he was like, okay, so you based it on all this history. And um, in actuality, there was this guy named Cyril Means. He worked for NARAL, so National Abortion Rights Action League. He came up with this fake history 
that they used in Roe versus Wade, where he claimed that abortion was just accepted everywhere. As Bef common law. Right, before the evil American Medical Association came along in the, you know, the middle 1800s and, and um, you know, banned it because they wanted to make all the money and they didn't want the midwife. I don't know. So, so ridiculous, fictional, it's fan fiction. And it was accepted as fact by seven justices in Roe versus Wade. And so he asked this lawyer, like Alito did, like, so who are you basing all this history on? She's like, I, 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 history. I, 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 well, no, I remember. There are some people. I remember the exact thing that he said. He said, give me your best case. Like, give me the one case <laughs> that you're basing this off of, like a court case, right? And I don't think she knew that he was asking for a court case because then she's like, well, she went into like her whole reasoning liberty yep. privacy and i think he was asking for a court case yeah he was. and she's like well justice for women and it takes away their rights and all this well the problem is there is no court case prior to roe that would there were there at roe it was what five or six states some states had already a handful legalized. of states legalized abortion before that in america every state had restrictions you know in the common law I mean, so the point of common law is it's not written down. It's a series of, you know, traditions that judges decide. Um, and generally, most of the cases dealt with abortion after the point of quickening, which is the point women can feel a child moving. And the reason a lot of laws make the quickening thing significant and whatnot is there's no proof of, there was no, there was no pregnancy tests in 1843, you know, whatever. There was no proof of life unless you felt the baby moving. Um, but no state, abortion was not, I mean, abortion's always been around, just like, you know, murder and theft. And child and, sacrifice. Yeah, and, and all these other things. Um, but no, it was not, like, widely accepted, you know. It was, you know, um, and it was the American Medical Association when they were, when all these uh, laws were getting written down, you know, instead of common law, statutory law, statutes, laws, um, yeah, it was the American Medical Association, a guy named Dr. Horatio, Horatio Storr, one of the founders of gynecology, who said, we really got to clean up, you know, these laws and make them very clear. They didn't have to touch ours, because ours was good, mm -hmm. ever since the beginning of us as a state. Um, so yeah, just the factual stuff. Oh, at one point, too, the attorney, uh, uh, Chief Justice John Roberts was like, you know, in Europe, all these other countries ban abortions after 15 weeks. And then the pro-abortion lawyer was like, no, that's not true. They allow abortion up to viability. No. No, they don't. No, they, they don't. They don't. They really don't. So, you know, lying to the Supreme Court. Well done. I think my favorite part was when Barrett mentioned our safe haven laws and adoption. I thought that brought... Um, a lot of awareness to it. And I don't, I don't really think that those lawyers knew what to say about it. No, especially since they had been talking previously over and over again about the burden of parenthood, that right. women shouldn't be forced to be parents. And, and Justice Verrett very clearly brought up, well, all 50 states have safe haven laws where an infant can be sur surrendered with no questions asked and no Zero legal, consequences. Zero consequences. So one, through adoption, and two, just through surrendering the infant, there is no burden of parenthood in the United States that you do not choose. So I would think Barrett, Justice Barrett brought that up to kind of get them to kind of admit that they're saying that pregnancy is bad. Yeah. 
And and they kind of did. Yeah. This is pregnancy. Yeah, pregnancy is bad. The whole time they were just casting like women can't be equal if we don't have abortion. You know, like the whole thing was like yeah. our own children are the enemy. It was interesting. And they have though, to be defeated. But those arguments talking about well, women need it to be for their careers, for their education, for this and that. The the attorneys were arguing those points to Justice Barrett, <laughs> who is sitting on the Supreme Court as a mother of seven. And I'm sitting there like... That's three more than me. <laughs> I'm, but you are saying that a woman can't have a successful career and be a mother to a mother of seven with a very successful career. It's just... One of the nine most successful lawyers on... On planet on Earth. On planet Earth. And so it's just... They were so out of touch. So I found that if... I wish almost that we could have had a camera in the courtroom because I feel I like she say. just had to have smirked at that. You've got to. Just, they don't have any recording of it that you can see. No. No, no pictures? Because I want to see their facial it would be if they See, that's exactly stupid. why they shouldn't do it because yeah. it, it would get so, like, if you thought the Sony Sotomayor was bad, just, like, just imagine every case, every oh. all of them being, like, Sonya Sotomayor, like, or Congress, like, making these ridiculous things like maybe they should bring the charts in like sheldon whitehouse oh no the dark money charts it's a good thing that they the don't have those there oh. um it'd be entertaining to see their faces it's entertaining to hear their crazy reasoning in some mm -hmm. cases so we just have a couple minutes left um just i don't know if anyone you want to sum it up or talk about anything i just thought yeah like you know children are not the enemy um you know that was my takeaway. Children are not the enemy, and know you're wrong, and you can't just, like, a, a, an egregiously wrong was the word used several times, egregiously. A case shouldn't just be there because, oh, we decided it that way. This is ridiculous. Yeah, that's a pretty good summary. Huh? That is that yeah. is a pretty good summary. But okay. it, it, was, it seemed on the surface to be a good day for the pro-life. Well, we'll say Jeffrey we'll see. Jeffrey Tubin, CNN's chief legal analyst, who tried to force his mistress into having an abortion because mm -hmm. he was cheating on his wife, um, said, I have to paraphrase, I don't exactly remember, but he said, if, if you support abortion rights, this was a terrible day at the Supreme Court. I don't think that very many of them were happy. Uh, and you saw immediately after, you were seeing in news stories today and yesterday, kind of clean up for the pro-abortion side i saw the new york times today was saying how like death is preferable to adoption mm -hmm. like trying to clean up justice barrett's yeah. idea like so it's not a good sign when the media is working damage control overdrive it, it here it seems a little bit like mice fleeing a house fire yeah. or they're just like spitting on the fire trying to make it go out so there we go i will say that when i was there the pro-abortion side seemed to have already feel What's the correct word? Which which one of the five stages of grief over there? Right. Acceptance? No. no, they were not. No, they're it, anger. It kind of seemed yes because. Mm. What is it? It is. Denial. Denial. They weren't in denial. Is they it were the past anger? That. I think it's denial or, and then anger. What oh. about the bargaining? Oh yeah, bargaining. Is bargaining before anger? I don't know. Very confusing. I'm going to Google it real well, quick. Well, while Continue. Emily looks real quick, I'll just okay. say that... Uh, sorry, you go ahead. They were past denial because when we would try to have a conversation with them or even be nice to them, 
like say, oh, you know, your shirt is really cute or something. Like if you just walked past them, didn't know that they were on the pro-abortion side and then figured out mid-conversation, they were so incredibly rude and they didn't want to have a civilized conversation because they didn't have anything to anything to say. They didn't have anything to back themselves up. They already knew that they kind of just mm -hmm. didn't have anything to offer. It's denial, anger, then bargaining, then depression, and then acceptance. And if, so I think they were in anger. Okay, you're in anger. Their opportunity for acceptance, if the Supreme Court will be overturning Roe versus Wade, we don't know. We can say right now the justices have probably already voted in their chambers, and so the fate has been sealed. However, just Could as change. in 1992, they can change their vote. Nothing is final until those decisions are released, and when will they be released? We don't know. Could be any time from between now and the end of the world. So probably will be in June of 2022, at which point hopefully the other side reaches stage five and hey, comes and joins our side. Yeah. We're happy. Yes. Children and moms aren't the you know enemies. And we have a great win. time. We do. We have cookies too. <laughs> all right, that's all the time we have for this edition of Life Beat. Join us again next week. Have a wonderful weekend.